Well, welcome to Embrace today. Thrilled that you guys are here. Uh, just an exciting moment, morning. I'm excited to be able to uh, bring the message today. So it's going to be a fun morning. Excited about the cookout um, after the service today. But yeah, just thrilled uh, that you all came to worship in this place today. Honored to be able uh, to be with you in worship. Um, I'm excited to share about what I think God is doing in this community. I'm excited to, to share some things that I feel like God um, has been laying on my heart moving forward for our community. Uh, but before I get to that, I've got the unique opportunity to share a little bit more about who I am. Um, and you've probably seen these people running around, but, but I love a few things in my life. And one of those things is my family. And uh, this is them right there. Aren't they beautiful? And I, uh, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, my wife, Callie, and uh, my oldest, Emerson. And uh, yeah, no kidding, I heard the whistles, I agree. <laughs> and then uh, Silas is my second, and then Scarlett's my baby girl. Um, we've been married about 11 years, coming up on 11 years in August, and they are absolutely amazing. I realized, looking at this picture, I probably need to go shopping, because I'm wearing the same shirt. So, <laughs> if it's good enough for a photo, it's good enough for all of us, right? Yeah, so it's, uh, they, I love them. Another thing that I love in my life is I love the Minnesota Vikings. And I know that no one disagrees with that. There's no Packer fans uh, here. I love the Minnesota Vikings. They're the greatest team on earth, actually. And I don't know if you've heard, but they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, they're going on like, I don't know how many seasons that they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I, I grew up watching the Minnesota Vikings with my dad and just have fond memories. They crush me every year. So I'm jealous of all you stinking Packer fans. But but nonetheless, I'm not going to give up on them. I love them. They're my team. Um, and someday, just one, one before I die. That's all I'm asking for. Just one ring before I die. That's all I want. But I love the Minnesota Vikings. And then another thing that I love is I just love this church. I love each and every one of you. I love the opportunity uh, to be and serve in this community. I love the local church, and I love what it's doing. I believe the church is on the move, and God is doing wild and crazy things in the lives of his people. And so I, I love this church. I've done a lot of different things in my life. I owned a construction company um, for a few years, and I was a, a line cook in a restaurant um, for a few years. I was a youth pastor for seven years, and I can tell you that this is my favorite thing. Doing this here, being in this church, in this role, is my absolute favorite thing that I've ever had the privilege of being able to do. And so I truly do love this place, and I truly do love you, and I'm excited about what God is doing, and I'm excited to see where God moves us and takes us uh, going forward. So one of the things I loved when I was a kid was the Olympics. Does anybody else love the Olympics? I mean, it doesn't matter, winter, summer, it doesn't matter, love the Olympics. When I was a kid, they, uh, you know, they had to carry the torch across the country, and they light the big thing in the arena. Well, I can remember when I was a kid, they took it across the country, the United States was hosting it, and they brought it through my hometown. And I can remember there was a parade, and they came over the bridge in Hastings, just a few miles south of here, and they brought the torch across, and they just handed it to the next person. And they handed it to the next person, and it went all the way across, and then we watched the opening ceremonies, which might be my favorite part of the Olympics, where they're just walking in, and nothing but their flags, nothing but their pride for their country, there's no paychecks, there's no none of that, they're there just to, to support their countries, and then the torch comes in. And it comes in the end of the arena, and it's going down, and then they light the torch, and the, the games are underway. And I can remember seeing that torch get lit, I mean, that huge arena, and remembering that that small torch had gone through my hometown, and how cool it was that the torch had gone right in front of me, and then lit the big one in the arena. I love the Olympics. I hope that you do um, as well. And I truly believe um, the, the message that's really been laid on me is similar to that story. 
I truly believe that God has been carrying a torch across this country and across this world. And the fact of the matter is, is he's handed it to you and he's handed it to me. And I believe that with everything that I am. I believe that there's, there's kind of a torch that's being passed. passed and I want to look at Luke, the 10th chapter, and see how God has, has passed this torch through the generation. So a little bit before this, this passage comes through, uh, Jesus has just calmed the Sea of Galilee. Um, he's just fed 5,000 people. He casts a demon out of somebody. And then he has sent the 12 disciples out to go their merry way. And then we find Jesus in front of 72 more uh, he calls them the anointed and appointed 72. And so Jesus is standing in front of those 72 people, and that's where we pick up the story in Luke, the 10th chapter. You can read along on the screen. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And so my question for us today is, what were you born to do? When you look at your heart, when you look at your gifts, when you look at your passions, when you look at the things that make your heart beat a little bit faster, what were you born to do? A few people from history, Joan of Arc, when she, when she faced the battlefield, she said, I am not afraid of this. It's what I was born to do. And Willie Mays, he said, I was born to play ball. Andrea Bocelli says, I was just born to sing. And then C.S. Lewis, he says, I was born to adore and obey. So I want to ask, what were you born to do as an individual? What were you born to do? What was I born to do? And then the second question is, what were we born to do? What were we born to do together? I mean, I believe the scripture truly answers that question for us. Just like it answered it for the 72, it answers it for us today as well. It, it says that you are supposed to be out there in front of Jesus. And I think that we need to be here and we need to embrace that today. I mean, notice that Jesus didn't only leave his ministry, his mission and ministry to the 12 disciples. I'd consider the 12 disciples to basically be pastors and staff people. Nope, he sent them out, yes, into the harvest field, but then right after that, he said, I'm going to go to the 72, the next 72, and I'm going to send them out as well. I mean, Jesus tells these next 72 disciples, go ahead of me to every town and every place that I'm about to go. I mean, he's literally passing a torch onto these people, and he, he's passing it to you and to me as well. The awesome thing about this moment that we read about in Luke chapter 10 is it worked. It worked. He sat down in front of 12 people and said, go. And then he sat down in front of 72 others and said, go. And you and I are sitting down together today as a result of that. I mean, it has passed down through the generations across the world, across countries, and it has worked. I mean, the torch has been passed all the way to you and me sitting here today. It's like the, the greatest pyramid scheme ever. Ever. I mean, you don't have to sell pots and pans, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like amazing. I mean, the product is pretty great, so you got to give them credit for that, but the most amazing pyramid scheme ever, it's worked. And I believe it's worked because people were willing to say, I was born to do that. I was born to follow after that, born to follow after Jesus. Church, Jesus has left his mission and ministry of reaching Lakeland and Stillwater 
Afton and Hudson and Hastings and all the surrounding communities. He's left it to you, and he's left it to me. He's asked us to go and make disciples on his behalf everywhere we go. Go and make disciples. And if you've been around the church for longer than 10 minutes, you've heard that word, haven't you? I mean, disciple. Somebody's like, what the heck does that even mean? A disciple is simply someone who follows after another one. Another word that is similar in definition is the word ambassador. And I think there's something important for us to understand that as Christ's ambassadors, we need to go out in front of him. I mean, ambassadors are all over the place. I mean, every president and king and queen around the world has ambassadors who goes and speaks on their behalf. They go to summits and meetings in other countries, and they speak on the behalf of the one who sent them. And that's you and that's me for Jesus today. We are being sent out to speak on behalf of Jesus to everyone we meet. Everyone we meet. Now, I've been known in my life to speak in extremes from time to time. So I'm, I'm kind of the campus pastor that's known to like say always and never and every time. Uh, this is not one of those moments is why I say that. Because when I say everywhere, I truly mean it. I truly believe that the calling that God has put on us on this church is that everywhere we go, to go and to share the love of Jesus, to be speaking on his behalf, everywhere we go. I mean, yeah, you're saying everywhere? Like, I don't know if you've seen my, my, my calendar, Pastor, but it's full. Like, I got a thousand things to do this week. I got three kids at home. I got to get the kids in school and ready and feeding, and I got, I got to work, and I, you know, I got to find some time for my spouse, and like, everywhere. I mean, there's 196 independent nations. There's, there's 6.5 billion people on the face of the planet. Like, that's a lot of people, and that's a lot of places, and you're saying everywhere and everyone, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. Everywhere and everyone. Everywhere and everyone. And yes, it feels overwhelming because it is. When you think about every nation and every person, that is desperate and searching for the love of Jesus. I recently read a story about an old man, and he was, uh, he was walking down a beach at dawn, and he looked out, and there was a young man out in front of him, and he was picking up starfish, and he was, he was flinging them out into the ocean, and, and the beach was littered with starfish. Billions and billions of starfish. And so the older gentleman, he caught up with the young man, and he, he walks up to him, and he says to him, what are you doing? And the young man said to him, he said, well, I'm, I'm throwing these starfish into the ocean. If, if they get left on the beach in the morning sun, they'll die. And the old man, he just kind of looks around at all the starfish. And he says, there's billions of starfish here. How on earth can your efforts make any difference? Right? And the young man, in all his infinite wisdom, he, he's, he crouched down and he picked up a starfish and he threw it out into the ocean and he said, I made a pretty big difference for that one. I made a pretty big difference for that one. And church, that's what I want us to hear today. I want you to hear that today. Make a big difference for that one. Yes, there are 196 independent nations and yes, there are billions of people on the planet, but the awesome thing is, is that one of those billions works with you and lives next door to you and is in your family and is your mechanic and is your barista at Starbucks. 
one of those people. Make a difference for that one. When you feel overwhelmed, when I felt overwhelmed as a child, my dad would often say to me, Austin, no matter how great the task, it can be completed with small steps. He would say, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. You'd eat an elephant one bite at a time. You can complete any great task with just a few steps. No matter how great that task is, just take off another bite. Just make the difference for that one, and then the next one, and then the next one. You see, friends, you save a beach full of starfish one at a time. One at a time, you save a beach full of starfish. And you can make followers of Jesus Christ in every nation, in every country, every town, neighborhood, family, and workplace, just one at a time. But we have to realize something. This isn't something passive. Like reaching that next one isn't something that just magically happens. It's something we have to get fired up about. It's something we have to realize that we were born to do. And I truly believe that when we embrace that, when we realize that we were born to do this, we were born to share the love of Jesus, when we look back on our lives, that will be the legacy. That will be the legacy of our lives. I don't know about you, but I know for me, I desperately want my life to matter. I desperately want my life to mean something. And I think that if we share the love of Jesus with other people everywhere that we go, that will be our legacy. And it's not always words. St. Francis said it this way, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel everywhere, and when necessary, use words. I think that's profound for us today. Because I don't think we need to be going and standing on street corners and telling people about the love of Jesus to strangers. I truly believe that when God called the 72 to go to the towns ahead of him, he was saying, go and talk to your friends and prepare them for me coming. That means talk to your barista at Starbucks and just be nice and give them a nice tip. When you're talking with your mechanic, be a real person, be a nice person, be courteous. I mean, can you imagine if you're just rude to your Starbucks barista, rude to your mechanic, rude to whoever in your life, and all of a sudden they find out that you go to church? Yikes. We need to be preaching the gospel everywhere we go with our actions. And if it's necessary, use words. Have you guys ever talked to somebody who's clearly talking out of a passion in their heart? I mean, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> like, whoa, dude. Like, one of those things is like, when, when something happens to Teddy Bridgewater on the Vikings, you'll see that come out of me. <laughs> you'll see this moment where I have a lot of things to say quickly, and I'm not thinking about words, but that's what passion does. It makes your heart beat faster, and when you're standing in front of somebody who's passionate and exciting, like, you don't really care what they're talking about, but you want to be excited too. You're like, whoa, yeah, like, let's do that. I want to go with that guy wherever he's going. You know, like, you're just energized, and you're passionate, and you're excited. It's free-flowing. They're not searching for their words. You're not wondering, like, oh, do they actually believe this type of stuff? No, when you're talking to somebody who's passionate, it's so clear. It's so clear on their face and in, in their expressions and the way that they're moving and jumping around sometimes, you know? I want you to imagine with me for just a, a quick second that you go home from church today, and uh, you head out onto your back porch, and lo and behold, you look in your backyard, and you see a money tree is growing. I know. Boom. 
And like you look out at this money tree and you're like, there's $100 bills and $20 bills and you're like, sweet, there's $1 bills. You're like, what the heck are those on there and who needs those? And you reach up and you grab a $100 bill and you pull it off of that tree. And as you do, another one grows in its place, okay? I mean, it is absolutely amazing. I, I try to picture in your head what you'd be doing. I mean, yeah, you'd just be like, that's enough. No way! You'd be like, woo! I mean, you'd be stuffing it in your pockets. Hey, honey, get the suitcases, rent a pod, bring the car around. We're going to fill the trunk. I mean, you're going to be scraping it and shoveling it. I mean, you're going to be scooping it and you're going to be throwing it. And you're going to be like, woo! Like, I have hit the mother load, right? I mean, you're going to be fired up. And what's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to call your neighbors, okay? You're going to call your friends, and you're going to call your family and be like, bring your suitcases and bring your vehicles because there's a money tree, and it just keeps coming and coming and coming. It's the most amazing thing ever. All of your financial needs are handled, right? I mean, that's what you'd be doing. I mean, you literally have found out money grows on trees. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's all about the $100 bills, you know, all about the Benjamins, right? I mean, you would be fired up. How couldn't you be? I tell you that to let you know that I truly believe that when you have found a relationship with Jesus, you have found something infinitely better than a money tree. Infinitely better. Because you've solved a temporary problem with a money tree. Have you ever heard like somebody with a great fortune has passed away? And, and you're like wondering like, geez, I wonder how much they left. Let me just clear it up for you. All of it. <laughs> Every last penny. I mean, can you imagine seeing a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer? There's no shelves in a casket, people. I mean, it would be amazing to get a money tree, but I'm telling you, a relationship with Jesus, it lasts for eternity. It goes far beyond death. When you've left all the money and all the things and all the stuff behind, the only thing that remains is Jesus Christ. And if we need to be giving that to our neighbors and our friends and our family members. Infinitely better is the love of Jesus Christ. And we must be sharing it with everyone. Every single person. Because when you die, you leave it all behind. I like to think about it like, how bad would I have to dislike you if I had a money tree going in my backyard and I didn't call you? I mean, think about that for a second. I didn't call you. I'm sorry. You didn't make the cut. I didn't care enough. I didn't care enough to have all of your financial problems solved. Continue working your nine to five. I've got the money tree in the backyard, but not for you. And it's the same for me when I think about sharing the love of Jesus with people. How much would I have to dislike you if I knew the way? I knew the way to get to eternal paradise, an eternal relationship with Jesus, and I didn't share it with you. That's a gut check for me. And I hope it's a gut check for you as well. Because I do believe that we found the ticket when it comes to life, true life and true peace and true contentment, and it's found in a relationship with Christ. Friends, we were born to share the good news, the great news of Jesus Christ with people. We have to be. It's a large and difficult task. Don't hear me saying it's simple. It's not. It is very, very difficult. And Jesus isn't shy 
on sharing the magnitude of how difficult it is. I mean, the very last verse that we read said, you will be lambs among wolves. I don't know if you've ever seen a fluffy sheep. Not great against a wolf. In fact, completely defenseless. No defense. A sheep has zero defense against a wolf. It is completely dependent on a shepherd to protect it. Your lambs among wolves. It is a difficult and great mission to be sharing the love of Jesus. The cost of sharing Christ on the behalf of God is huge. He says you'll be lambs among wolves. Friends, you and I have been given a 2,000-year-old torch. And it has been passed across this world. And it has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. See, the message of Jesus has been left with us. And he's asked us to share the message of him to the nations and to our neighbors. Share the message of Jesus to the nations and to our neighbors. And it's not easy. I want you to know that this message today isn't for you, it's for us. Because it applies to me too. You might, you might find this surprising, but I have a hair guy. <laughs> this doesn't happen by accident. Every six weeks, I go and meet my hair guy, and he shapes me up. And I have, I've known him for a, quite a few years, and I have to admit to you, I've never invited him to church. I've never explicitly invited him to come and to worship at this church. It creates anxiety. Every six weeks, I'm like, are you going to ask? Are you going to invite? I know he's far away from Jesus. He's gone to church for a long time, but I know he's far away from the Lord. I desperately want him to meet Jesus, but I tell you, I haven't invited him. And I tell you that because I want you to know that we all come to the table with the same stuff. We all come with the same insecurities and the same worries and the same fears. I don't want him to think I'm a crazy Christian. I don't want him to think I'm this crazy pastor guy who's out of touch with reality. But I truly care about him. And I truly want him to know the love of Jesus. But I'm telling you, it's going to take you and it's going to take me getting fired up about what Jesus is doing in our church. And I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about what God is doing in this building, in this church, and in each and every one of our lives. I think there's something special here. It's something that I want to give my life to, and I hope you do too. There's nothing greater than sharing the love of Christ with other people. We need to get fired up about what Jesus is doing, not only in our church, but in our community. And we got to get to a place where we don't want our friends to miss out. We don't want our friends to miss out on the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Because when God changed your life, when you have been impacted by the relationship with God and with others in this community, we need to start inviting others into that experience. And the good news is that one of those people, one of those billions, works with you and lives next door to you and is somebody that you know. There was a day when that person who needed to be here was you. There's a day when the person that desperately needed to know who Jesus was was me. I can remember that day clearly when it finally clicked for me. What was the moment that it clicked for you? Remember that moment. 
and know that you can be a part of that moment for somebody else. And so I want to wrap up and ask you, who needs to be here? Church, who needs to be here? Who do you need to invite to join us here in this community? I've asked myself that same thing. Austin, who needs to be here? Who haven't you asked to join us? We need to invite others to join us. On top of that, when you invite somebody to join you, I believe it's important for us to be there as well. And so I want to ask you, if you consider Embrace Your Home, I want to ask you to be here on Sundays, unless you're sick or out of town. And I want to ask you to invite somebody to join you. And then after church, I want you to get really crazy. And I want you to invite them to go to lunch with you. And I want you to invite them into a relationship with you. Hey, I want you to know that you're one of my people. And I want, I, I want you to know about this church that I've been going to. And I want you to tell you about this relationship with Jesus. And I'd love for you to come and just hang out, check it out, and see if it's for you. And then we can go grab lunch after. I'll buy. Can we do that? Can we invite our friends and neighbors to join us? Because there is a time, there was a time when that person was you. We carry the torch of Jesus, our creator and sustainer, to the world. Let's not be the generation that drops it. Let's not be the people who drop the torch. Let's continue to carry it out to the nations. Being followers of Jesus Christ is truly what you and I were born to do. And we cannot let anyone miss out. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we praise you today. God, that you love us and that you care for us. And God, I pray that you'd give us the courage to be the men and women that you've called us to be. God, that you give us the courage to, to share the love that we've discovered in you with others. And God, it's going to take a, just an amazing movement of your spirit to do that. And God, I expect it to happen. And I'm looking forward to the next weeks, months, and years ahead. And God, I pray that as we go from this place out into the world, God, that you light a spark in us. God, that you light a spark in us that would change us, that would change the way we look to people. God, you've forever changed who we are. God, give us that fire to share it with others. We ask all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.